Finding Happy, Seven Steps to Relationships That Will Not Steal Your Joy is the new book by me, Nikita Banks, a licensed psychotherapist and life strategist. Leverage the knowledge you'll receive in this book to help you with the process of obtaining absolute clarity through the use of guided self-exploration. This process is necessary to help you master all your relationships in 2019 and beyond. Go on Amazon.com or BlackTherapistPodcast.com and grab your copy of the book guaranteed to help you redesign all your relationships based on two basic principles, health and happiness. Get your copy today. Welcome to the Black Therapist Podcast. The Black Therapist Podcast is a podcast where we discuss the unique issues people of color face when dealing with mental health issues and mental health diagnosis. Now, if you are new to our show, I am your host, author, life strategist, and psychotherapist, Nikita Banks, in private practice in my hometown of Brooklyn, New York. I am available for both psychotherapy and coaching sessions, and you can find more information about that on my website, NikitaBanks.com. You can listen to our podcast everywhere podcasts are found, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube, SoundCloud, Pippa, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and BlackTherapistPodcast.com. If you are a mental health advocate or therapist and you want to buy our podcast merchandise, you can do so by visiting our site. And if you want access to our free mental health tips, free online trainings, discounted selective services, and resources, do so by joining our mailing list by texting "get happy" all one word to six six eight six six. If you love the podcast, please like, comment, and share. We love to hear from you. And if you want to send me some feedback, guest suggestions, or simply to say hey, you can contact us at our website, BlackTherapistPodcast.com. Please be mindful that this episode and all of the information that we provide here is just a resource and a tool to help get you started on your mental health journey. If you are feeling any mental health distress or you are having any significant issues, please feel free to reach out to us so that we can find you a mental health provider in your area. Okay, let's go. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Black Therapist Podcast. (laughs) I don't know where that voice came from. Okay, so um... Last week's What Would You Do? I'm going to just jump right into that. Well, on last week's episode of What Would You Do If? I asked the question of what would you do if you found out or you intercepted a message that your your man, your bae, your boo, your lady friend, your uh, wife, your husband, your baby daddy, whoever, right? If if you, you found out that he was or her was in, intentionally in the in the planning stages of about to go on what me and my girlfriend call a meow which is a meetup with somebody else and um what would you do would you I don't remember I said a b and c right but would you confront them before they go so that they don't go would you follow them and if you say follow them I'm judging you but I also might be you um (laughs) I'm definitely not gonna follow them but i we could talk about that later. Um, and uh, would you just wait until they come back and then confront them? And so I I would say, usually I ask these questions and then I give you the solution of like what I would do if I was in that particular predicament or what I would do if you came to me asking me for therapy, if you were in that predicament. But I don't really, I can't really say what's a right. In, oh, God. 
for some people, they need to approach the person. Like I've heard a story and I'm, you know, I don't want to be like when people say, I have a friend, I'm asking for a friend. No, I really like a family member of mine went Damn, you know what? I know a lot of crazy women. So one family member of mine found out that her dude was cheating by following him. And as she told me the story, she was pregnant and she stood out in the rain and she all night. How do you do that at, at like big pregnant? I haven't the foggiest idea, but she stood out in the rain all night and she watched him go into this woman's house and she waited till he came out this woman's house and I want to say she assaulted him um there's this need in with women that we want closure we need closure we don't want closure we want evidence we need to see it so sometimes you kind of need to see them doing it in order for it to push us over the edge to, to into action if that's you then that's you but um I personally my 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 policy is if I gotta leave the house for you, I'm 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 gonna use up my good felony. I've been saving up a felony all my all my entire life that I haven't I haven't committed any felonies yet. But I think that there is a, there is a possibility that one day life may push me over the edge and I may snap. So I try to preserve my my good felonies for those days so I asked myself is this worth a felony I think I'm gonna stay my my tail in the house me personally I've never really I mean I've I've had confrontations with a man who was cheating and the woman before I have done that I was young super young but usually I don't need the evidence usually I know if somebody is is stepping out on me and usually I'm doing no good I'm up to no good myself so I don't really get all hot and bothered by things that people are doing. Um, I remember dating this one guy once. I mean, I haven't been cheated on a, a bunch of times, but I remember dating this one guy once and then finding out about somebody else. And in my mind, like, I don't remember what conversation he and I had, but I know in my mind, I was like, oh, we cheating? Oh, we cheating? Okay, this is an open relationship. So I just opened my legs to whoever I felt like it when um the time came because I was like clearly we're not in a committed relationship if you're not committed to this situation so I don't know maybe that's petty but I got a petty spirit all up in my bones and so there's that but I kind of wanted to get into today's episode and I feel I feel exposed in this this episode and I, I'm like, I was doing in the middle of doing something and I thought about it and I was like, you know what? Let me stop what I'm doing and record the podcast right now because I feel like the theme of the week in my life and in my practice is a, is a, is a precarious one. Part of the main focus of what I do, my work, my audience, you know, people who, who is my ideal client, they're women of color, they're black women. And I spend a lot of time in groups where there are a lot of black women I have a lot of black women friends I is a black woman I know other black women and so um it it's a challenge for me to be challenged by not making connections with other black women and I get it. We all come to everything that we do with our own thoughts, feelings, and emotions we, and experiences. We all come to the things that we do 
in life with our own issues and, and problems. We all come to the life with our, you know, hormonal imbalances and our emotional development issues. Like I get it. Like everybody has their own thing, but I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of clients in the workplace who are dealing with not only microaggressions from white women, but the lack of general sisterhood amongst sisters in the workplace. And I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. So for me, I come from a, a family of a lot of sisters. My dad has a whole bunch of daughters and that's probably because it was karma. Unfortunately, it was karma for us as well that we got to pay. It sends it to the father, but I have a lot of sisters in my circle. I have a lot of women friends that, that I deal with. Um, I have a lot of women on my team, good, strong women that hold me down, mothers, aunties, sisters, not all by blood, you know, cousins, play cousins, all of that. So I knew for me, my challenge with with building a whole business off of women of color, I would have to deal with the issues that come with that. And, I, you know, I had a blog, but there was an article that I wrote many, many years ago, which was really about how. It basically questioned if if black women could really have wonderful relationships with each other. And so all right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give it. Okay, so you know, I've I've I hate when I struggle with my relationships with other black women. I think culturally we need each other. You know, I my I like I like men and stuff, you know, I'm definitely not a, a lesbian. Shout out to lesbians if that's what you into. But um, I think my relationships that I have with women are sacred. And the reason that I think that my relationships that I have with women are sacred is because to me, that's a more intimate relationship that I probably would ever get from a man. I like men. I love men. I date men. You know, I married a man. It is what it is, right? But I, I feel like when all else fails you all you have is black women and like if you really truly have the love of a black woman a good black woman on your team on your side holding you up holding you accountable holding you down you got you got all you need you got all you need i'm not saying that we don't need men shout out to the good men out there but i'm saying like if if you even if you're a good man and you got a good mama or auntie or or sister friend or sister and they really holding you down like that's a hard thing to give up and so I ride for my girlfriends I ride for my women in the workplace I ride for the black women that I work with I made a conscious decision to make sure that the clients that I serve are black women and so when I struggle with connections with black women I I, I die a little inside and I felt, ooh, I felt that in my soul. Like, I, like it, my soul gets bruised when I really struggle with my relationship with black women because everything that I do, everything that I have, everything that, that I am is because a black woman has poured into me in a, in a real good way. Whether it's just advice, whether it's support, whether it's a referral, whether it's a girl, hold your head up. Whether it's... Like, oh, I, I can't say like last week, you know, you guys know my birthday just passed. So a few weeks ago, I was I was 
frustrated, frustrated with my insurance. And because shout out to the therapist that takes insurance. But if you know, if you take insurance and then you have insurance, I was having a problem with my own insurance company. And so they were saying that I owed them money that I know I didn't owe them. And I had, I had shot them emails and I gave them everything. And I had called every day that week to be like, yo, I got this doctor's appointment. I need to know if I got my insurance. Y'all cash my check. What's going on? And I called this, this lady and the lady in the insurance company and I was already, I was in the middle of something. I was on my way to see a, a patient. So I was like getting close to the hospital. I'm driving, I'm looking at the exit. I'm on the phone with her and I'm getting emotional. And she said, um, she asked me my birthday. So as you know, just to ver- verify who I am, my name, my birthday, I give it to her. And so she's like, Al, you got a birthday coming up. What you doing, girlfriend? And I was like, oh, she like, it caught me off guard. And I was like, really? And she was like, yeah, your birthday is this weekend. It's Friday too. Uh-huh. What you doing? And I was like, um, I don't even know. <laughs> like, like she immediately changed the course of my attitude. And she was like, that's my brother's birthday. And that's my cousin's birthday. I know you got you a cute outfit. You going out. You gonna have yourself a good time. Anyway, you ain't got to worry about this insurance. It's taken care of. And I'm like, what? I've been calling every day for a week. And she was like, no, it's taken care of. It's done. You ain't got to worry about it. And I was like, wow. You know, every time I have a positive interaction with a, with a black woman, I'm like, I love, yo, I love us. And I love how we love on us. And I love how we pour into us. And we give, 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 give. But there's some of us, man. They just, they just trifling. They trifling. So I do my private practice. I love it. You know, I've, I'm at a place now where I really feel like I got a groove with the business stuff. I'm, I'm going to be completely transparent and completely honest with you guys on this show. Not like I ever lie to you anyway, but you know, this is a very sensitive show for me because I never want it to seem like I'm bashing black women everything that I that I am and inspire to be is inspired by the, the black women that I have on my team and around me but it hurts me to my core when we can't get along it hurts me so I spend a lot of time in my private practice working with women of color who are struggling really struggling to find their place in predominantly white work environments. And they are really struggling to find their footing and find their place culturally when it comes to working in, in a predominantly white environment and, and or corporate environments or, you know, new things. We're not respected culturally. People look at us crazy because they just don't understand us and we don't fit in. Right. And so I'm very intentional intentional about how I move with us when we are with us. So I I do consulting work. I enjoy it. I'm able to do it around my private practice. I love it. It's not a big deal. The clients, you know, 
I get to be around different cultures. I get to treat people that I wouldn't normally see. I interact with them both in their homes and in, in the hospitals. I get to go to the psychiatric units and those are parts of things that I do. And they pay me handsomely. So um, I do that on the side of my private practice. And my private practice is booming. I don't think I would ever give up that job. I, I remember being hired there by the black woman that hired me. Shout out to Latasha. Um, and it was the easiest job interview that I've ever had. Like we, I was just like, I don't have nothing to lose. I was referred to her by another black woman who is my homegirl. Um, shout out to Miss Murray Cornetta. Um, you know, when you work in some certain work environments, you only know people's last names. But anyway, <laughs> shout out to Miss Murray. And so, you know, she knew I was getting my LCSW. She had given me the information to this this work environment. And I contacted them prior to me getting my LCSW just to ask questions to see what it was, or what if it was legit or whatever, because the numbers just seemed too high. In comparison to what the other things that we would like, I was being offered. And so um, she gave me the numbers. She told me, you know, what I could expect. She told me, as soon as you get your license in hand, give me a call. Right. And I think I got I told you guys this previously. I worked at a clinic. I hated it. The boss hated me. White woman was not nice to me. It was what it was. It was not a lot of culturally competent people in there. It was me and maybe uh two other women of color in there at the no one of yeah well two other two other women of color in there at the time I think one of them didn't really know she was a woman of color but whatever um and you know people who worked who are black or you know and Hispanic but they worked at night like they didn't really work with me so at that time I worked there there wasn't a lot of women of color and it was just kind of like a weird place for me to be because I feel like if I'm working in a in an environment with social workers specifically we know that going into this field that you're going to deal with people who have are of different backgrounds and of different cultures and are going to be marginalized in society so you need to at least be culturally competent and responsive and like active but a lot of these people weren't there was a lot of bias. There were a lot of problems. And so I really didn't like working in that environment. I got my license on a Wednesday. I, I called Latasha on a Thursday. I had a job interview on a Friday. I went in there. I sat down. She said, you're hired. You do have any questions? Like literally just like that. I went in her office. I put my butt in the chair. She looked at me. She said, you're hired. Do you have any like here's your paperwork? And I'm like, wait a minute, what? And she was like, listen, you're qualified. We've already had a conversation. I need, I need the assistance. You have the license that you, um, that you need. I'm going to be the easiest boss you've ever had. And she didn't lie. Like she made it a pleasure to work in this environment. Right. Fast forward to now. She no longer works there. And I like, literally, I remember when she hired me, I was like, um, this is going to be the last place I ever worked. I think I'm keep this job forever. Stay in New York. I'm going to be here at this job, right? Fast forward to now. She no longer works there. I have no idea what happened. Seemed very abrupt. She got a new job. You know, she called me in for an interview where she is now. It didn't work out. That's fine. I wasn't really looking for a job now, but I don't turn down any opportunities. So um, there's a new hire. New hire, not a woman of color. Also not that 
nice, but I also don't know her. So I wrote work remotely. I never have to go into the office really, unless there's a training or like a meet and greet. They're going to call me for the Christmas party or whatever. I may or may not go. I don't think I went last year, but like, you know, I don't have to, I don't really have to be associated with anybody on a daily basis. I don't have to be bothered with anybody. I don't have to play office politics. I don't have to answer my phone. They send me my cases by email. I could reply back by email. There's, I have an assistant. I speak to my assistant and she's super cool with me. So there's very limited contact with me and the people in the office. And a lot of times I have no idea what's happening in the office. And I like it like that. I'm, I'm really like I'm in my private practice most of the time. After work, I do that. On the weekends, I do that. If I have time in between, whatever else I got to do, I do that. I'm able to make my own schedule. So it works. <sighs> Brand new hire. She takes over Latasha's job. We have a few interactions. She's not very nice to me. Um, I don't take it personal. Now I'm at a place in my life where now if somebody is not nice to me, I don't, I don't, I question my competence. And I say this almost on a daily basis in my private practice with my clients. Competence affects your confidence and so on. Your confidence affects your, your competence affects your confidence and your confidence affects your competence. And so if you know that you are good at what you do, and the majority of the black women, like, you know, 30 and up, they come in there. They, the first thing they be like, is, oh, I'm good at my job. I know what I'm doing. Right. And so if you know what you're doing and you execute and you get results, you don't you don't really worry about anything else. So I wasn't it wasn't. It wasn't a question of my competence in terms of like when we would have conversations about certain things that I needed to do at work that I wasn't doing. And I'm too old and too seasoned and too damn grown and too unbothered for somebody to tell me that I need to improve on something that I need to improve on. Like if I know I need to improve on it and I can tell you, I know you're not lying. I'm, you're not making it up. I know that you're what you're telling me is facts. I'm grown enough to be like, you know what? You absolutely right. Let me tighten this up. Because truth is, I, you know, I run multiple businesses and then I do this work. And so I, I don't like that some things fall by the wayside, but it's a fact that some, some things fall by the wayside sometimes. It just, it, it really is. And sometimes I lose focus. And on top of that, like, you know, we deal with life. We deal with health issues. We deal with mental health issues. We deal with challenges we try to navigate and juggle it all. Sometimes, you know, things falls between the cracks. And so when the conversations needed to be had about the things that I needed to improve, I had no problem with doing those things. I did have a little problem with some of the tone of the conversation. And I was able to kind of go in and like have to have my say. And I haven't had a a problem with that since, but I also haven't had any, any conversations or interaction with these people since fast forward. There's a black woman in the office. Apparently she got a raise. Apparently she's a supervisor now. I had no idea. So, um, I just assume everybody in the office was administrative staff, the administrative staff, contacts me via email sometimes they call me like I said but anybody else calls me 
I don't really respond. Usually I just call my assistant immediately because she's more responsive to me. She texts me. We call every day. Um, and when I say my assistant, I don't want to like she's my she's the office assistant. I don't know what her technical title is. She assists me while I'm in the field to see my clients or if I'm not in the office. She she gives me a heads up on everything. So um, I, I'm not all that accessible to everybody but her. And I think that ego wise, the other people don't like it, which is fine. So I was on vacation for a few days because of my birthday. I came back from vacation. Um, I had a my first day back at work in my private practice was a very long day. I worked, you know, eight hours, but it was really like a 12 hour day. And I was like crisis after crisis and thing after thing. And then after that, um, I just I like passed out. Yeah, there was internet problems and wi- Wi-Fi problems and all of these problems at work. So the next day, I got a call like, "Yo, you should." There was things you should have did at the job. Um, you didn't answer your emails, and you you a problem from a black woman. And I was like, "Whoa, ma'am, were you aware, or were you not aware that I was 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 away?" And she just like went from zero to to one hundred. So I was advised to call HR. I don't call HR. I'm not going to call HR. This is a black woman. I'm a black woman. I'm going to speak to her. You know, because the the conversation had gotten so out of hand from like her perspective that I had to be like, what do you need? I'm, I'm going to do it. Have a good day. Because if I had said anything more than that, my Brooklyn would have rose. Like, you know how you be on the com- you be on the phone with somebody and then somebody be coming at you all sideways and crazy. And then first you get the puppy dog tilt, like, who 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 are you talking to? And then you sitting down, but then you start to get up and you start pacing because you come you conversing, but you like you putting bass in your voice and you emphasizing words. Like that's where I was in the conversation. And I was like, I'm gonna you have let me what do you need from me, ma'am? It will be, it will be done. It will be done within the hour. You have a good day. So I then had to call my, my assistant to be like, Hey, I'm sorry. Did you relate to them that I was going to be off for five days and that I was away and I would not be checking emails through when when I'm off, I'm off. Like I'm not checking emails. I'm not being responsive. Like I really had to like take some time to like, gather myself no I wasn't checking emails no I don't care if the emails came in five days and I don't care I don't care I told y'all I was off I don't care like that's what I'm saying in my mind but I didn't say that to to homegirl on the phone she's like nope uh uh-uh they knew yep I told them okay so I was like all right whatever so then at some point I was advised to, like I said, call HR because this person has a slick mouth and that's just how she talked to people, et cetera. All right. Okay. None of my business. So I think about it. I don't, I've never met, I met this person one time for maybe like an hour. And then I had maybe three other conversations with this person outside of this one time. And the last time I had a conversation with, with her, there was something that I needed assistance with at work. She didn't do it. Or I didn't understand. We were going back and forth through email. 
So I called her on the phone to get clarity. And she was like, I don't have time for this shit. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe she's not having a good day, but I don't know her. So I decided to be a grown woman and call the person on the phone and be like, hey, I don't know if you know how you present, but when we have conversations, like you be coming at me crazy and I don't really know what's going on. I do know that I don't know you. You don't know me. So I'm not taking it super personal because this can't be like you don't like me you don't know me to like me or not like me or to even have any kind of information to formulate an opinion on me and I'm, I'm like I don't it's not like I don't I dislike you but I don't really particularly care for the way that you communicate number one it's not professional number two you're rude number three you wouldn't do this to a white woman that you were working with I didn't say that to her but she wouldn't do it to one of them white girls that work in the office. She definitely would not do it to the other women in the office who are not black. And from my understanding, like she's just rude. So the conversation went on and she was like, I find you rude. You don't respect my authority as your supervisor. Uh, you know, you act like I'm not a, a clinician too. I have my master's too. I'm in private practice too. And I was like, what does any of that have to do with you speaking to me crazy? And I know how to argue and I know how to disagree and I know how to get a point across. So when I called, I said, I, I, you know, you, you have been rude to me previously and this was the time. This was the date. This was the circumstance. And this is what you said. And then this time you did this and you said this. And I didn't like when this happened. So when she started getting into, oh, you don't respect my authority as your supervisor. I said, when did you become my supervisor? Because I wasn't aware and I wasn't being shady. I just wasn't aware. I don't work in the office. I've seen I met you one time. And you damn sure wasn't my supervisor when I met you. So I don't know what you do. And I I wasn't aware that the person who did what you did before you got here was a supervisor. So I don't really know what you mean. You don't respect my authority. I said, I don't, I don't know what authority you have. And I'm not being funny, but if there are things not being communicated to me, how will I know these things? I have a master's degree too. Okay. I know damn well that my assistant probably doesn't have a master's degree, but I don't disrespect her because she doesn't have a master's degree. I don't care if you had a high school diploma or a GED. I'm not talking to you crazy. So the conversation proceeded and it got to a point where she was talking down to me and I was like, listen, it's going to be clearly... This is going to be what this is. And I know how I'm going to, I know how I'm going to deal with this situation. So I'm at a point in my life where if you can't come to me, correct, you can't come to me. And I respect the fact that she has this position, but I don't, I don't really care. Like the only person who has authority over me is me and the Lord. (laughs) And so It was just like a a, a pervasive thing. Like it really 
bothered me. But you know what? God has a way of telling you. I tell you all this story to, to, to say this. God has a way of not only telling you, but reminding you when you are are disobedient. And for the last three years, I've been I've been licensed as an LCSW since 2016. For the last three years, I have bust my ass in private practice. I've 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 built this website built all my websites I've done my podcast I've done all the marketing if you you see any videos on my social media I've done I built my social media platform by myself I post everything myself I respond to everything myself I email everything myself I do digital marketing email marketing social media marketing podcasting web design I edit all my audio I coach people on the side and I've been playing small I've been playing small and this was just a reminder to me that God was like okay you could keep you could keep taking these bumps and these bruises or these L's or you could do what the hell I tell you to do which is to utilize your skills, talents and abilities to get what you need I, I can't take another training I can't go to another coach I can't I can't do anything. And and I'm I'm saying this to you as if I haven't said this to every single coaching client that I've had this week. I could continue to tell you what to do, but I can't make you do it. And God is telling me I can continue to tell you what to do, but I can't make you do it. So that as much as a pain in the ass as that whole situation was to me, it was a blessing. I still refuse to go to the HR on this black woman and what I said to her over the phone was you and I are two black women and you work in a corporate environment I don't work there like I work for y'all I work with y'all I don't I mean I really work for myself I work with y'all but I don't I'm not I don't have to be there I don't have to play the game I don't like I could never, I could not show up to, to work tomorrow and it not make me no never mind and not be no different than what I'm doing right now. I don't want to make this a big thing, but I see that for you, this is a thing. Then I went to work and then my client, she had a, she had a similar situation with a black woman at work. <sighs> Yo, we all we got. We all we got. And sometimes I get really discouraged because a lot of the things that I do depend on my success depends on me making successful black women. My success depends on me healing traumas of black women. My success hinges on Black women buying the, the book that I wrote and doing their own work. So my, my legacy is tied to moving us forward as a as a people. So when I get to a, the place in a point where I get discouraged 
by interactions that I have with, with us, yo, that shit makes me scared. It fears, it's, it, it's, it's fearful to me because we don't really trust one another. And then I was looking on, on Facebook and somebody posted up a post about black men coaching black women. And they made a comment about how people are profiting off of black women's pain. It's a billion dollar industry. And that how they're usually going to somebody that inflicts the, the same trauma onto them that they need to heal from which is usually a, a black man who still supports the patriarchal ideas that they need to make black women suffer because white men make them suffer in society. And I said that it's up to us to clean this up. It's up to us to be allies for us. It's, it's because they don't trust us because they pit us against each other. I refuse to participate in any of that. And as I had to talk my client down off a ledge <laughs> this week I'm looking at her but I'm laughing like girl you ain't gonna let that woman win you ain't gonna let her take you off your game and you ain't gonna stop her from allowing you to feed your babies and you not gonna you not she she not big enough nor bad enough to take you off your path But I think in my own life, I, a matter of fact, I know that for me, that bitch at my job was a blessing. And I don't use the B word lightly. But really, I get that from Chris Rock joke when Chris Rock is like, women come home and they really don't want you to say nothing. They just want to vent, talk about that, that bitch at their job. But, you know, that lady at my job for, for me, she really is a blessing because I I know that that is God telling me that I'm not being obedient and I'm not walking in to what he's he's really telling me to do, which is to really go hard and coach black women to get what they need to get. We have less than, you know, 60 days, probably by the time the show airs or around 60 days until 2020. It's going to be a whole new decade. And you've been plotting and you've been planning and you've been, been investing in your dreams and if there's any way that I can help you, coach you, teach you through it, hold your hand, support you, cheer you on, let me know. Because I want to surround myself with women who are, who are like me. I want to build a legacy off of helping women who are like me. I want to see us win. I need an Oprah to my gal. Gal to my Oprah. And, and like Oprah said about Gail, like, yo, you can't, you can't have nobody around you who want to be you. You need somebody to cheer for you when you win, just like it's, it's if they won. And so I'm doing a lot of free and low cost classes for the next six weeks because I'm building content for what I'm about to do next. And if you are interested in getting in on those things, everything is going to be at least under $50. I haven't priced everything. Some things are going to be free just because I need to just get feedback on, you know, what you guys need and what y'all want. But if you want to be in the conversations, you will, you will be speaking directly to me. You will get emails directly from me. You will be on the coach coaching calls or video sessions with me live with me. Like 
I'm, I'm, I mean, let's get it. We are less than 60 days to a brand new decade. It'll be 2020. I really, truly hope that you are not where you were 10 years ago, but I really want to want to push you closer to where you need to be so that when 2030 comes around, oh, you popping. You popping. And I need you guys to help, help hold me accountable for that as well. Okay. So this has been another episode of Black Therapist Podcast. I'm sorry, ladies, if the my use of the, the B word offended you. I probably would have said something a lot worse. <laughs> worse than that. You know, like I really, truly had to process my emotions through that whole situation. And, and, and when it came... One good thing about me is I could see another person's perspective. And I really think that you know outside of myself yeah she was rude to me she was a target to me I gave as good as I got to be honest with you at some point in the conversation because she said some real crazy stuff and I was like oh you're nuts but you know I, I, I could see why working in that environment where you know you you know you probably aren't respected and you probably don't feel like you got the authority that you want or you you're not getting the the feedback or respect that you want or whatever but sis I ain't your enemy and I ain't do it to you and I ain't make you take a job that where they undervalue you and they make you feel like you're less than or you don't feel competent or you got to remind somebody who works for you that you got a you got a master's degree too and you got a license too. Like I don't treat. I, I mean, and, and even for her to say that, it it makes it seem like as if because the other people in the office don't have those things that I would I would have that rapport with them. I fuck with them heavy, like I rock with them heavy. I don't care about your degree. You do like you don't really know me like that. I don't care about your credentials for real. Like that stuff is impressive, but that stuff don't matter to me. I hang out with dudes on the street corner. I treat dudes in the projects the same. Like why, where's you coming from with this? Oh God, I tried to end it on a good note, but that it, it really offended me because I don't, I don't look down on anybody. And again, I can, I can empathize with what she going through. Doesn't make it, doesn't make it right. But I always try to choose and err on the side of understanding. I don't got to understand it, but I do have to at least give her my understanding. And I'm definitely not excusing the behavior, but I, I get it. But I'm not your enemy. If you want to work with me, shoot me an email at blacktherapistpodcast.com. You might want to get in this week because what I'm doing is reaching out to everybody individually. If you signed up to any of my courses, if you signed up to my mailing list, if you shot shot me an email or anything on any one of my websites, I'll be reaching out to every single person individually over the next week because the first class is in two weeks. I have to pick a date for it. So I'm not going to tell you what it is, but, and they won't be, they'll be all live. 
I'm going to give you action out actionable items that you'll be able to do to get, you know, get towards your goal, work towards your goals. I'm really, really quick with coaching. I think I told you guys before coaching is different from therapy because in therapy, I got to sit and I got to kind of nurture you to get to the finish line. Whereas coaching, I could kind of give you a push and give you a nudge and hold you accountable. And so, um, there are therapeutic coaching environments, but it depends. You, you, it depends on the situation. I don't have to be so touchy and feely if we're doing coaching work. So, <laughs> so I can get in your ass a little bit more. And so, if you, if that's what you're looking for, you're looking for somebody to hold you accountable and push you to where you need to go. And I promise you, I have mad solutions to mad problems. I'm, I'm like a, a information sponge. And so, um, you know, I, I I know that this will be fun. I know this will be good. It's really what I love to do. If I could do something for free outside of therapy, it really would be coaching. And so I, I'm excited about going to, on this journey. But I'm going hard with this in 2020. I'm really going to, you know, go full on Ayala Fix My Life, Nikita Fix Your, fix your Business with this whole thing because uh, we need it. We need it. We deserve it. Black women work hard. We work hard. We educated. We look good. We snatched. Beat all of the above. So we need to have, you know, bank. And I, I can't wait to go on this journey. But I know that this was a reminder of God just giving me a little kicking ass and saying, girl, you gonna put up with her. You gonna do what you need to do. So, Lord, I ain't gonna be hard at it no more. Um, if you want to get in on these free courses and low cost courses, you better do it now. Like I said, every, every week. So the reason I'm doing it free and low cost is because I want to get better. I used to teach previously. I got like 80, you know, Guyanese had like 80 jobs. So I used to teach previously. I'm kind of out of the preaching, the preaching. Did I say preach? I used to teach, uh, seventh grade history class. And so I've kind of gotten out of my mode of teaching now and my brain works so quickly that I don't want to miss anything. So I really want to start working with people for a low cost investment so that I can kind of get myself back in the game of teaching. But as I do this so every week, I'm, the class is going to go up and every every week I want to at least try to get 20 people in each class. So it will be, you know, it's going to be cheap to get in but you got to get in early and share it with a friend i think the best thing for, for anybody to do if you're going to take these classes is to to get an accountability partner get one person or two people that you could share it with that's going to hold you accountable and make sure that you um do what you say you're going to do okay all right this has been this episode of the black therapist podcast and i will see you in my dms or in my email all right all right. You guys have a blessed week. Black women, this is my message for you. I love you. My legacy is tied to you. I am you. I work for you. I work with you. I hold you up. I am in awe of you. I am your ally. Okay. And I want you to move through the week with that message. And if somebody is trying to give you something that ain't yours, don't take it. I didn't internalize this situation with this woman. I am over it. But 
it, it dawned on me that it really wasn't that situation that I should have taken from it. It really was that God was telling me that I was being disobedient. So there may be somebody in your life right now that is being difficult to you. There may be somebody in your life that is giving you your ass to kiss. There's somebody in your life right now that is probably getting on your last nerve. But that is God telling you that you need to be doing something else that you meet, might need to change something. There's a decision that you need to, to be made. You need me to sit still and know and listen and follow instructions and be obedient. Because y'all know what happens when black people don't, don't be, obey, right? We're not obedient. We get our butt beat. So if you're tired of taking them beatings, then you might need to be obedient. All right. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Be well. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Black Therapist Podcast. Once again, you can follow us on all our social media sites at Black Therapist Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter, as well as Black in Therapy on Facebook. Or you can follow your host, me, Miss M-S-N-I-K-I Banks on Instagram and Twitter, as well as you can find out any information about me at Nikita, N-I-K-I-T-A Banks.com and on on the show's website, blacktherapistpodcast.com. And don't forget, if you want to send us any general feedback, show suggestions, uh, show topics, or guest ideas, please feel free to drop us an email at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Be well.